1: Video. The foul was an incorrect call. Spurs over the Raptors 122.99. Number one overall pick Victor Wimbayama for San Antonio. A triple double, 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks.
3: Tuscaloosa. Welcome to the Miller's Edge. Corey Miller, the pastor of Payne. Let me pull my mic down so you can hear me getting clear. On a Talking Tuesday, hope you're doing well today. And of course, uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to dedicate most to this show about Alabama football because we half of it yesterday was about the Super Bowl but we'll get into a lot of <laughs> stuff on today. Alabama's Oh, no, There you go. <laughs> and they're Talking Tuesday, so they found the guy. So, I mean, so we got to definitely break that down. I know, um, You know, We got some thoughts on what uh, the direction Alabama went, replacing uh, Ryan Grubb and uh, with someone internally and then moving guys around on the staff. There's no shocker there, uh, no breaking news for me because we kind of anticipate that was probably the best thing for him to do at this point in time uh, in the season. So we'll talk about that ad nauseum because uh, I think there's a lot of ways we can go with it. Just throwing some things out there to look at, you know, what's, what's to be expected with spring practice coming around. Uh, here in, what, two, about three weeks, maybe. Um, We've got also uh, some things to look at with that. So I want to just keep it a talking Tuesday. I want to invite anybody that wants to call and give your thoughts and opinions. We'd love to hear what you think about the direction Kayla and the boys go with his football team, offensively at least, Two zero five three four two ninety nine zero four, the number for the program. Don't forget, you can also send that question to Ty 100.9. Free download for you on the app, uh, whether it be smartphone and or computer tablet or whatever so we got that we can talk basketball we can go anywhere we're kind of wide open here on a talking tuesday guys uh, happy tuesday to you alabama has got their guy which we're not shocked by that we've been talking about it uh they're going to stay internally i'm uh, looking forward to see what christian's got to say with um, the direction that killer boy's going with the office coordinator and <laughs> moving people around
4: why well, you want to take a back seat on that oh <laughs> well, yeah no, I think you just want to eat. I mean, do you, like, why do you always eat when we get on air? I just got to know that. It, I, I'm genuinely wondering.
3: It's just fun. It's like when it's, I listen uh, to you, but- you make me work. But I, a, I just, feel I, just I feel
4: for the I feel for the audience. Like it's always, here. They just, don't hear. I don't hear. I I hear it loud and clear. So, so no, you hear because just, you're just, in the studio. Just, no, everybody can really. hear. Just just mute it yeah, and so I'll talk. Yummy.
3: I'll, <laughs> just mute it and I'll talk. All right. Um, I'd love to hear what you think. I'm gonna take a back seat and see what you got to say.
4: Well, here's the thing. I mean, w- w- when I look at this situation, I mean, I think it's a situation of familiarity. You know, Nick Sheridan is is familiar with Coach DeBoer's system. He does have some experience calling plays. If you go back to Indiana, he was the offensive coordinator. Now it's not the, it's not the prettiest resume. Now the first year he took over as offensive coordinator there, I think he was six and one. Uh, I don't know if it was a COVID year or what, but I, he had a good year his first year. Um, and things were looking, you know, very positive for him as a coordinator. However, the following year he ended up being two and 10 and ended up being fired. That's when he would end up following to board and up going back to, to, as a core, uh, excuse me position coach, being the tight ends coach of Washington. That being said, um, here's the thing, right? Is it, is it does it look the best? No, I don't think it looks the best just because it's not some you know hit name. I know everybody was excited about Ryan Grubb because of, you know the reputation that he garnered in college football as a play caller, as a developer, you know, doing some really good stuff. Uh, and I understand that it is Coach DeBoer's offense. However, you just can't argue, you know, having uh, a talented coordinator to go hand-in-hand with that. I mean, I'll give you the example of Coach Saban. It's Coach Saban's system. You know, he's a defensive guru, but look how successful uh, things were when you had a mastermind like like Kirby Smart as a coordinator, you know, calling the place. Because, again, Coach Saban didn't call plays uh, on defense. You know, it was always his system, but it was uh, always a coordinator uh, calling the things. But here's the thing. With this promotion... I I believe it will be a situation like this, right? Coach DeBoer is going to have his hand uh heavily involved, right? I know that they're promoting Nick Sheridan as offensive coordinator. That means they're going to have to find an offensive line coach, but they're also going to have to find another tight ends coach. Maybe Jay Nunez, I think he has some experience coaching tight ends. Maybe they look elsewhere. Uh But the thing is, I, I think this is a signal that – kind of like basically what what I said in the video I posted on YouTube. I mean, you could – promote nick sheridan or or you know coach shepherd you know kind of have your your hand in there heavily involved kind of groom those guys help them out but you also are heavily involved i mean hell coach DeBoer still might be calling the plays even with nick sheridan as a coordinator um but i think it makes sense in this situation because they're both familiar with the system they understand each other they've worked together for a long time uh in this system so it makes sense um but let's just be transparent right i mean when we talked about coach Saban retiring i mean did, did if you would have threw out these names as like, hey, this would be your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, I don't think people would have been, you know, blown away. Um, And I, I never want to be that guy that writes people off just because of, you know, maybe lack of experience because everybody has to start somewhere. So I'm not going to be negative Nancy when it comes to this because it, it, it could work out fine. However, at this moment, you know, just, you know, when you look at, you know, Nick Sheridan's resume, again, it's not the most impressive. I mean, that... That first year at Indiana was was a good year. You know, they did some really good things. They they put up some points on some some decent teams in the Big Ten and, and then the following year, like I said, now it was plagued with injuries. A lot of guys were injured, but at the end of the day, um, you know, that that that's a factor, but it's not the whole picture. They still were two and ten and he was fired. So that was his limited experience of call and plays. Now, again, I just fall back on the the, the thought process that Luckily, Coach DeBoer is an offensive guy. He's going to be heavily involved. He can call the plays if he wants. I mean, you look at Josh Heupel, Sark. Um, I mean, there's a number. I mean, I'm sure Lane Kiffin's is pretty much calling plays, right? I mean, it, it it probably will be a situation like that. So that's why I'm not overly concerned. However, I would have felt much better if Ryan Grubb was there. I mean, without a doubt. Um, But I, I think this is probably the route you have to go, right? I mean, because... The other route would be hire somebody else. You'd pretty much have to poach somebody because everybody's pretty much on staff right now. And then you'd have to teach them teach them your system. Then they'd have to teach the players the system. So I think it just would be a lot right now. And Hell, this could just be a one-year solution. However, the problem with that is this isn't like these guys just getting a job at Cincinnati or just getting a job at, um, I don't know, hell, South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Like this is Alabama, and they're replacing Coach Saban. So – the, the margin of error is, error is very slim, right? And I, I get that, you know, Coach Saban didn't do well in his first year and all that good stuff, but if it was me and I'm Coach DeBoer and I'm coming in here, I want to come in here with guns blazing. I want to have, you know, all the firepower, all the, the necessary people on staff that I feel like I need to do to get this thing going, and maybe he feels just as confident in a guy like Nick Sheridan as he did with Ryan Grubb. I don't know, but... I mean, I, I will say, I mean, it's, this this is just taking some adjusting to get used to. And I know there's some people that, that you know, anything that Alabama does, they're going to call it a lead or a home run, which is fine. I get that everybody wants to be super optimistic, but I think people also just have to be realistic, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with being fair. I, I think one thing I have noticed is, you know, that there's a lot of people that just can't take criticism anymore. They just can't take differing opinions i hate it that it's like that because it's like if sometimes there's some people that are so sensitive that if you say anything that doesn't sound like you're saying oh, alabama's going to be undefeated and this is a home run hire they think you're a traitor or you're not supportive that's not the case you're just calling it how you see it i mean to be fair right if if, if they were looking at another school that was making these decisions or hires there's no way they would just be saying that every single move has been a home run there's no that's not like that's not realistic and that's fine because, uh, to be fair, no one knows this could work out very well. Um, And that's why I'm not too concerned because I, I still have the approach that I believe Coach DeBoer is, is is a great football coach. He's won where he's gone. I know it started at a small level NAIA, but at the same time, he's worked his way. He's climbed the ranks very quickly. And not only that, he's won, you know, the big games, right? You know, when you look at him in these big moments, other than the national championship, you know, you know, they didn't necessarily play their best that one game. But other than that, you know, he's he's been pretty pretty solid in, in big games and big environments. So I'm optimistic that you know he's still you know on the right path of doing some good stuff here. I do know for a fact this transition is not as seamless as it might seem, or like some people might tell you. I'm telling you that for a fact. It's not been like that, and that's expected. But I do believe they're definitely going to go through some growing pains. I mean, it's 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 almost inevitable. I mean, I, again, I think a lot of people felt really good, at least about the offensive side of things, because you get DeBoer, you get Ryan Grubb, you get the offensive line coach, who I arguably almost think might have been even more important than Ryan Grubb just because, I mean, we saw how this offensive line performed last year. I mean, they they honestly were probably the weakest link on the football team last season. And then you're getting a a, a coach – Who's was responsible for the Joe Moore Award winning offensive line, which, to be fair, some people that are praising him now that he's leaving we're also kind of shrugging him off just a few weeks ago when he was here, but that's neither here nor there. Nonetheless, he's a really good football coach. And I almost think that's honestly a bigger loss because in this system, in this scheme, in terms of, you know, coaching an offensive line up to, to go on these movements again, this isn't just your typical, you know, you know, blocking scheme. I mean, for their system, it requires, I mean, they, they, pin and pull, they do a lot of pullers. I mean, there's a lot of movement. Um, so it demands a, a specific type of football coach. Um, so I'm really curious to see where they fill that void. I'll be honest with you. I mean, again, I think coach DeBoer will do okay, you know, heavily assisting the play calling if he has to, or just having a hand over. I mean, Jamarcus Shepard also, I think he was a passing game coordinator at Washington. So it seems like he'll kind of have that similar role here. So again, I I think, Grubb leaving is a big loss. I think, uh, Coach Huff, the offensive line coach, might be an even bigger loss. So I'm curious to see how they fill that void. But if we're just being honest, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair if some fans are concerned, just kind of like where things stand right now. That's, that's, to me, that's completely fair. I mean, and you probably like, it's, it's there's a lot of unknowns, right? I mean, again, if, if you're looking at another school with these hires, I think you probably would think a little bit different, but sometimes we do have a little bit of our bias and that's fine. Um, but with all that being said, again, we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I think just for me as a former player, it's still just, go, it's going to take me a lot to get used to regardless. Even if, even if it was an elite, you know, well-known coach, you know, in every single position group, I, I, it would take me some getting used to just like, i give you an example. Like I saw the sign, uh, in the new, uh, defensive coordinator's room and said like swarm D Right. I mean, it's, it's just, it's taking me some of getting used to because I'm like, hell, we haven't even seen what the swarm D is going to look like here. Like, I'm like, we could at least wait until after spring practice to kind of at least ha- have an idea on what that is. Um, it's just all, it's just moving fast, but that's part of it, man. We're in a new era. And as much as, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult, it is to kind of just see things moving along from kind of what we've been so accustomed to over the last two decades with coach Saban. I mean, sometimes it's, it's nice to get a fresh start and sometimes you do have to do a complete kind of, overhaul and just start fresh and that's kind of seems like that's kind of what they're doing in this moment you know at least kind of rebranding and whatnot but um, those are my kind of initial thoughts I'm I'm very curious what everybody else has to say again we put it out there the numbers 205 342 9904 let us know what you think uh, about the promotion again I don't know if it's you know finalized or official however I don't think any of these coaches in the past three weeks have been uh, official or finalized just yet but it seems like that's going to be the deal. Nick Sheridan is going to be promoted to offensive coordinator. Something that you know many people said. My myself said in the video I posted several days ago. Um, so I don't think it's too much of a shocker. Um, you know, I, personally, I probably would have used this opportunity, especially if Coach DeBoer is going to be you know the main guy coordinating things. Maybe this first year, I might have used the opportunity to try to find an ace recruiter. Uh, as an offensive coordinator, a guy that I could, you know, teach the scheme to and, and get him involved but utilize his skill set of, of recruiting, um, I almost probably would have gone that route if it was me. But, again, that's, that's just me. I'm I'm not Greg Byrne. I'm not Coach DeBoer. It doesn't matter what I think. I, that, that's just probably what I would have said if the case is going to be Nick Sheridan as a coordinator but Coach DeBoer is going to be doing a lot of the a lot of the legwork just because, in my opinion, you know, college football, you know, it it, it revolves around recruiting. And so why not utilize that space for somebody that you know has a track record for dominating the recruiting trail, specifically around this area? I think that could have been big. And maybe they'll do that with this new tight end coach. Um, but it makes you wonder, hell, maybe <laughs> maybe we should have kept Tommy Reese around a little bit and just gave him an opportunity to learn this new system and see what he could have done. Because um, now it makes you wonder, it's like, dang, well, there's a lot of people complaining, us included, about Tommy Reese last year, and now you're getting a guy... Um again had that his first year was solid second year was not very good, and you know a lot of people were quick to write time and Reese off so i i'm I'm curious to see how this one goes this year but again that's that's what we have to do We have to wait and see and then spring ball will kind of your first little idea about it but um yeah definitely definitely a lot of changes around here in Tuscaloosa that's part of it you gotta you gotta adjust and adapt, and I think that's what we'll do so like we always have
3: all right, good stuff there um. Love to get your thoughts on what Christian said, 205-342-9904. Sponsored by a good friend at the Good Feet store down at Midtown Village. Try before you buy. My man Douglas and the gang, great people over there take care of you, get you all suited. How they call suited and booted. They get you right for your knee pain, your hip pain, your back pain. Make sure that you are good to go. So go by and see Douglas and the folks over there. Tell them that the middle's Edge sent you by. That's the Good Feet store. Try before you buy two feet at a time come back we'd love to take your phone calls free download on that app you can leave stuff right there i'll give you my thoughts on this hire or if it's a hire or whatever it is i don't know what it is right now but we're calling it a hire uh, at least to be expected be back in a moment
1: 800
2: for an extra five dollars off a lumi starter pack love it or return it for free that's l-u-m-e deodorant.com code 800 Tide 100.9.
5: Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a sunny sky. The high in the mid fifties around 55. Clear tonight below 34. And we stay dry tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow is 63. The high Thursday, 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9.
3: And welcome back to the Middle's Edge here on a Talking Tuesday, talking Alabama football. New OC Nick Sheraton uh, raised up from the tight ends coach, now will be the play call. I'm assuming. I um, don't know that to be fact just yet because we'll wait to see what Kevin the Boy has to say about all these different changes. They got to still hire a couple other guys, so a lot of work to be done as they are putting in the offense for the spring. So. Very, very interesting. Love to get your thoughts on, on the direction that they decided to go. And I said earlier, not shocked at all. I think this is the quickest fix that they could have had. Instead of bringing people in from all over, trying to interview, trying to poach somebody from another team, especially when you got spring practice just happening uh, just for three weeks or less than a month, I'll put it that way. So not uh, shocked that they made this particular move. Uh, especially when you talk about Caleb the boy's offense, a guy, everybody's still saying, well, is this is an offense, which I don't know how to take that. We hear it all the time. We heard it for years with Nick Saban and the defense, right? Well, it's his defense as he brought in numerous coordinators, right? I mean, how many coordinators can we say that he's brought in in, in his 17 years at Alabama? So, I mean, the ones that I know, like Kirby Smart, you know, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, Taz uh, you know, Kevin Steele. Um, Pete Golding. Am I missing somebody? Uh, that sounds about right. I mean, I'll, I'll look it up, but yeah. Those I mean, that's a lot of different coordinators, right? That's a lot of different people that came in. Now, most of them guys grew up in this defense, in Nick Saban. So they know the verb. Nothing changes. The verbiage is the same. Uh, they know what they're doing. And then you got the, the matriarch, so to speak. And Nick Saban, that was always there to, to to add and teach and do whatever else he needed to do. Now, I think some of these coordinators for sure added their own wrinkle to what they wanted to do to the defense with Nick Saban. I'll say that just to say this, that by hiring Nick Sheridan, which I, based on what I've seen, just, just getting responses online, uh, probably 50-50, 60-40 pro uh, about this situation. Um He's been with Kalen DeBoer. One of the biggest things when you change or bring somebody else's voice in to call plays is the verbiage. That is a big deal. What What is this call? You know, because coaches, all coaches, got different you know words, terms for different things, and that's a big deal. But when you keep somebody internally, like they're doing with Nick Sheridan. The verbiage does not change. Therefore, you continue to teach this particular offense, which we are deeming as Kalen DeBoer's offense. That is a plus. That's a plus because you don't have to start over and bring somebody in that's coming in with all these new terms and verbiage and everything else that's applying to an offense. Now, do I even have a remote clue what this guy's all about? I don't. I mean, and, 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 and that's why I say you have to be fair in your thinking, right? I, if I want to sit here and go, okay, well, he's there, he was O.C. at Indiana, you know, he coached tight ends at Washington, and I gave you that. That's my fair point, that he's with the board, the, you know, the verbiage, the lingo doesn't change. But the reality of we don't know who this guy really is, because what we've seen is is as an O.C. hasn't been impressive right he did okay the first year but then he got fired so if you're honest you go i don't know i could sit here and say okay and give you 100 reasons why this is good and never never say one thing negative but what i'm saying to you is not negative it's honesty we don't know right we have a small sample size of this guy that had the, had the keys to the car and at Indiana, in their mind, this is not me, in their mind, they said he was a bad driver of the car. That's why he was fired. Right? And he goes on to Washington and becomes a tight end coach. So when you look at this situation, you go, we lost something that a lot of fans were looking at with, with, with Ryan Grubb as, oh, my God, this guy is a dynamic play caller. He's dynamic as a quarterback developer, and that meant a lot because, see, we just talk about the general of offense, but you got to talk about the development of quarterback. Right. Because this is what people was holding their hand on to. This guy can help Jalen Milrow develop even more as a passer, as a thinker, right? Because he's a quarterback whisperer, so to speak. So you don't have that. That's why I said yesterday, it is a loss. You go from that to to a guy that has minimal experience. You can tell me, oh, he played at Michigan. Oh, he, he you know, he's a walk-on. He played at Michigan, didn't play that much. A lot, a lot of these guys make the best coaches. I get that, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be a really good offensive coordinator. What concerns me is the fact that. You're not at Washington. You're not in the Pac-12 anymore. You're in the SEC. And I think, and I said this too yesterday, that Kalen Abor, your job is going to increase so much. Right? Do you want to him to call the plays? Do you want to throw that load on him now? That he's a play caller? because you got so many other things in recruiting and, and just being the face of Alabama football requires a lot. So that, that concerns me. I'm not saying that he can't do it. He's a tough dude. He, I mean, he took the job. And I told you from day one, if anything if that impresses me more about this man, that he's not scared. He ain't scared. Because not too many people want to follow a Nick Saban. That takes some guts. He did that. you got to give him that credit. But but this whole deal right now on the staff is concerning to me because it's it's, it's late now in the spring. You know, you got a guy that – it, it's good now because nothing changes, as I said earlier, right, because he knows everything. So nothing changes. That's a good thing for now. But is this guy the answer? I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, and so – I'm just going off of the play callers that Alabama has had offensively here. You know, from the Mike Loxley's to Lane, all these Kiffin, dynamic Sarkis. Lane Kiffins, Sarkis. Sarkis. I mean, some of the best play callers in the country in all of college football has has you know dawned the sidelines of Alabama football. Now we got a guy Nick Sheridan that we have no clue who to do this. We have no clue, have no clue what he's about. Well, to, to your, thing to that your we, point, to your point.
4: Yeah. I, I was going to say to your point. I mean, I, I think. Alabama fans need to be transparent in this regard. If, if, if if they, if somebody asked them a year ago, Hey, would you rather have Tommy Reese or Nick Sheridan, the tight end coach at Washington? (laughs) People will probably like, they'd probably laugh. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, so they have to be transparent. So when people are saying these things, it's not negative. I mean, it's just truthful. And they, again, I think they would say the same thing now. However, I think the circumstances are different because he'll be basically, uh, coached up or he'll be, you know, under the hands of coach DeBoer. You know, it's not like you just hiring him by himself. So I, I think that's better. Um, but, it, but again, I mean, I think it's just, like you said, I mean, it's just, it's just different when you go from some of the names that we've had, but not even just offense coordinators, coordinators, but defensive coordinators. It's, it's just a lot different. And when you talk about a place like Alabama and the standard here, it, you just, at least me, let me not just say for everybody, but at least I would think like, man, a program like Alabama here, like we should have our picket like the, the best of the best at every single position, Same, like just like we do with recruits. And so it is just kind of interesting that it's like, man, we. I feel like, again, I think these hires can be good hires. I think things can work out well. But to me, it, it, they feel more like potential-based things, right? Like even the defensive coordinator, like I know he's done some good things, but it, it feels more potential-based because he's still kind of climbing the ranks himself. I just thought, you know, when Coach Saban would be done, you would think that you'd have like the, you know, the, the top echelon of, of coaches that would be here in these positions. But, well, like you said, you just have to wait and see. These oh, guys, gonna, just, they they could make their names. A lot of people did come to care. Alabama and made their names. Uh, they didn't necessarily have the biggest name, but then they left here a big name because of what they did here. And hopefully, that's the case. Um, but again, it's like you said, you just kind of got to wait and see. So you got to wait mean, and see. That's why I was like, I don't want I
3: don't want to come here and just sit here and be like. Uh, that's why, you know, when I get, and I'm not not the fan, I'm not talking to you, I'm just saying with a lot of radio people, not just here, but when you cover local teams, right, in college, their job is almost to find some kind of, you know, line in the sky of blue. And right. I get all that, because you're local. But I'm I'm not that person. My, I, I call myself an analyst of football and sports. So I look at both sides of it. Well, if this was Lane Kiffin taking his job, pulling Chip Kelly, and quitting as head coach and you know, go say, I'm coming to Tuscaloosa with Kalen DeBoer, Boy, what? Boy, I would be on fire today. And I'm gonna tell you you to sco- Lane, we know you'd be on fire. Well, <laughs> Steve Sarkees and don't matter. No, I'm, I'm just saying playing. any qualified guy. Let's just be real. No, I know, I know. But so my point is, if you want to sit back, this is your this is totally up to you. How you perceive, you can sit back. As a fan of a program, you guys have been fans much longer than me, right? So I get it. But my, that's not my, the way I do radio. It's not the way I do media. I, I'm an analyst, and I, I talk about when they happen. I don't try to break news. I don't want to be the first and be you know this that. And I told you so. And my sources said this, and the people I know that so many people now that's what they oh I know this person or somebody gonna tell them something. I'm not that dude. I wait till it happens. When the hire happens, I talk about it. I'll give you my thoughts, and I hope that you respect that as someone that's been around Hall of Fame coaches and played for them, and I've noticed I I know certain things, and and you should respect those opinions, I hope. So that's what I try to do. I'm not going to just say, oh, yeah, man, this guy's going to be great. He's been with Caleb DeBoer. He knows everything, and, you know, he played at Michigan, and, oh, yeah, it's going to be great. No. You should hear the truth. The truth is, we don't know. The truth is, there's not enough information on him. It's like going to class and not finishing. There's an incomplete right now. Do we hope that he turns into this guy that, that, that becomes awesome and, and, and everybody now wants him? Yes, that's the hope. But reality is, that's probably not true, and we don't know. So we don't know which direction Calvin the Boy is going to go. He might even be calling the plays. He might start out that way in the spring and see what this guy does. And he might say, "Hey, I don't like this. I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm going to do it." That could be the case. I mean, so we don't know just yet. But here we are, just giving you just an overall uh, bird's eye view for what Kevin Boy had decided to do. We'll talk more about this two zero five three four two ninety nine zero four. One thing, Christian, I will say this. Kalen DeBoer is going to be a hero out of this world. with this, What he's doing with the staff? Like they win 10, 11 games, make the playoffs. It will be buzzing. Or it could be zero if things don't work out. Well, I mean, you know the standard here. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All these people are going to get mad now, but let them go five and seven. No. Right? No, yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just throwing a point. But I'm just saying that's why you can be a hero out of this world. Or you could potentially build zero. But as a coach, that's why they pay you the big bucks and make hard, difficult decisions. Quick timeout. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Coming Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler.
5: Coming up on the Tuesday edition of the game, we're going to feature Yogi Roth, who has been a college coach. We're going to talk a little bit about Nick Sheridan. Could he be a possible fit at the University of Alabama? That and a lot more starting at 2 p.m. here on the game on Tide 100.9, 1230. WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports.
0: The longest running sports program. Awesome. As they talk Tide basketball, don't miss the Crimson Tide basketball pregame show brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance. Loses best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years this, this is Miller's Edge on tide 100.9 In the morning, you got to if I relate,
2: the fly with me
3: Perfect time here on a Tuesday talking Tuesday on the tie 1230 AMW TBC. It's that time to go to the phone, 205 342 Let's hear from the people. We love taking it to the people. Welcome in, AJ. You're up next.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Uh, I just, you know, I, I went from being super excited thinking we have the opportunity to literally shock. Uh, Georgia, a Texas, <laughs> those teams and fans not know what hit them with Grubb and Huff. Mm-hmm. Um, even more so Huff. You look at what they did with the Moore Award, and if you watched Washington play during the year, I mean the reason that they make, and I don't want to discredit DeBauer, I'm super excited to have him. I mean, this is his first, to me, this is his first ultimate test because it shows his succession plan. But I went from being super excited, we're going to shock some people, to I'm anxious and hoping, <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> like, like anxious, anxious and hoping, and that's that's how I would sum up my emotions. We really don't know, right. um, you know, and even if you go back and look at the Boar's history, and the win column is super impressive. How many of those games was Grub? Therefore, even with the other teams, and how much was Huff part of that with that offensive line going back to that Moore award? So, it, it's not a great feeling. I, I'm not trying to put negativity on it. Um, it does show the Moore succession plan because I don't believe for a second bringing this coaching staff from Washington that you know behind closed doors, if he's on paper doing his succession plan, that this Sheridan wouldn't have been on it. At some point, knowing uh, how good and sought after Huff was, and I think we'll really see what happens when the portal opens back up. I mean, the real truth test mm. is: what do the players think? What are the players going to think? Uh, I, I know there was, uh, you know, did did Grub wait for the portal to close? Did he not? Who knows? Is it conspiracy? Well, it's not conspiracy. Is he left for Seattle the day after the portal left? That's called reality. That's our <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our reality. So, you know, we can go say, did they, did they, you know, did he, did he not? You know, where's the emotions in that for the players? The reality is the day after the portal closed back up, he left. So, He's gone. you know, if the shoe fits, I don't know.
3: Well, He's you gone. know, AJ, go, you, we it? we don't know, you know, but the thing is, it's like you do want some kind of history, right? That's why I was like, you know, you look at Nick Sherry and you go, but the dude got fired in the second year at at Indiana. I mean, this is not the same. Nowhere in the stratosphere of of what's Alabama. expected, right, from a program like Alabama. Yeah. And so that th- to me that would bother me. Um That's why I, I would like. I, I wish. Kevin Boy have a press conference of introduction of these guys to talk about as, as, as his plan, right? What, what What is the plan now, right? You depended on the two guys, and you're right, man. Huff, to me, the offensive line, which has been the biggest weakness for Alabama in the last, what, two, three years, position grouping? mm mm-hmm. uh, And you thought, wow, we got a guy now that's going to teach, going to develop, right? We got a guy that's going to teach the quarterback. We got a quarterback. I mean, we got a Ferrari and Jalen Milrow. But we, we got to work on some things. We, we, we admit that. And now you got to guy that can teach that. And then those two biggest pieces, Audi 5000. Like, you got to, as a fan, you know, it's, it's okay. Like you said, like, I went from excitement, right? Because I've seen what we got from, a, from an athletic standpoint. And now these coaches to these guys are gone. And you're telling me these guys are going to step up. There's a reason they weren't your normal, <laughs> number one choice. Like you said, there's a reason. So that, that to me makes me a little bit I would say cautiously optimistic about what's gonna transpire offensively.
2: I agree hundred percent. And we'll see what happens with that. But like like Huff and Grub, gosh, that that's been such a big part of the Boer's success. And um I mean also when you look at the coach ratings, those two heavily weighted us being the top coach. Heavily, like you know, when yeah. came out, like Alabama actually has the top um, coaching staff in the SEC this year. Make no mistake about it, we don't anymore. Those two heavily out, heavily weighed um, the top of that, and that doesn't mean we can't still come out and uh, you know have a have a successful season. But we went from me thinking we had the opportunity to really, really surprise the people <laughs> who weren't aware, like. Hey, we have a chance to play for a championship with these two, and that's what was in the back of my head. I just I don't have even close to that, and that's not a that's not a, a a hit against Alabama again. Not trying to be negative, but that's what these two brought. Those coaches were on the front lines of the offense with the guys working, you know, with them hand in hand. Well, DeBauer DeBauer has to, you know he he has a lot to oversee, especially with the defense. And right. now there's going to be so much more on him. Now, that's why I think, you know, this will show us what he really, really is. What what really yeah. is this? This is his choice. You take away the aces and Huff and grub, We got to bring with them. And now this is his, like, this is his person up. This is his next person up. So one way or another, we're going to see what the bar is all about. Yeah. Through this, through this.
4: No, I think you're spot on, AJ. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I agree with everything you're saying. But let me. You said the, the ratings uh, had us as the top with the co- top coaching staff. What, what ratings are you referring to?
2: That was, um, gosh, his name flips my mind right now.
4: Um, now if you don't remember, no worries. I just I, I He was, on, he, was
2: on, he, he Fowler had him on his show. He's um, over the SEC, and they rank coaches each coach individually and then roll up to 13 by score. And we were up, we were ahead of Georgia. Um, you go back and look at Fowler on it too.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll ask that. him when he I'll comes in. I think the I heard that. I, just, I can't remember the guy's name. And I,
4: I hate to challenge a guy sure. like that, but I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Even when I was coming out and like the PFF Pro Football Focus, they'd have all these numbers. Some of them would be you know in your favor. Some of them you'd kind of be like, huh? But I always was confused because. Sure. <laughs> You know, I, they don't know the, the plays that are being called. So in my opinion, I'm like, how are you going to give a guy a positive or a negative if you don't know what the play call was? Like, how do you know the assignment of that guy? Sometimes we have assignments like, for instance, in cover seven, we could play, you know, Jimmy or Pony technique, meaning, you know, we flash the C-gap and we cross it into the B-cap, exchanging our responsibility with inside linebacker. PFF's not going to know when that's on unless they know our signals or they sure. can hear the screen. All I'm saying is, I'm just, I'm just curious how you, how you come up with coach rankings. Like, how would, like, how, what's the metric for that? And I, that's all I'll Probably after.
3: just on, on the success of what they've done, uh, you know, it, it the, the history, you yeah, know, development, coaches, I mean, so like many players made it to the league. Well, God, I mean, they use different metrics, I think, to. But, like, to but I'm just saying, like,
4: it's easier to maybe rank players because you got stats and whatnot, but, like, coaches, like, assistant coaches, like, how do you rank that? To me, I, I don't know. But yeah, it, To be fair, I I did. I I was high on this offensive staff for sure. Um, And I do feel like there's quite the void now that Grubb and Coach Huff have left. But we'll see. I mean, the biggest thing to me is I think offensive line, you've got to get another solid offensive line coach in, in my opinion. You know, those guys are involved in the running game a lot of the time. And I I think, you know, you you just – when you see where the offensive line has been the past couple years – you really want to get that group back moving especially in this new scheme again this is going to be an entirely different scheme than what we're used to seeing at least for the offensive line speaking this is totally different again we talk about all the movements and then all the pulls and whatnot that's that's totally different than what these guys have been running so dude, i think that's going to be important and honestly with with coach de being so involved i I'm a little less concerned with Nick Sheridan right there. Again, I obviously would much rather have a guy like Grubb or a guy that's more experienced, uh, but we'll have to see. But I like what you said, though. This is going to be a true testament of, of Coach DeBoer, and not only as a football coach, but basically as a, as an operator because how he's going to run things when things like this come up because at Alabama, when you have success, we all know that. Guys are going to get offered jobs when you have success here. And so this is his first true test, and it's coming very soon into his tenure.
3: Agreed. All right, AJ. Good stuff, man. Great call, by the way. Yeah, no
4: appreciate doubt. you, my
3: brother. Thank you, AJ. Have a good one. that's, yeah, that's a good. That's good stuff. I mean, that's somebody went from AJ. said I went from crazy optimistic to like excited about what this offense can do with these with Grub and and let's uh, the offensive line coach I front Scott about, Huff, know? Coach Huff, Scott Huff. Yeah, and so to cautiously, cautiously optimistic. What about you? What said you? We got more phone callers there. Stay right there. We're coming back 205 342 9904. We're at the home of Alabama Crimson Ties. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham
5: Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner, too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a sunny sky, the high in the mid-50s, around 55, clear tonight below 34. And we stay dry tomorrow and Thursday, lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow is 63, the high Thursday 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 weather. Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9.
3: on the dial here on a Talking Tuesday. Let's keep talking to the people. 205-342-9904. Let's head to Rumulus, Alabama and talk to the GOAT, Tommy. GOAT, Tommy, what's up?
6: Guys, how are y'all today? Good,
3: Doing how are you?
6: I, I thought about what we talked about yesterday and all the nervousness about the situation at Alabama. And uh, I am... I have concern, but let's take a look at history lesson about former coaches at Alabama.
3: Okay.
6: Nobody was thrilled when they hired Bill Curry. I was mad. It worked out. He had a 10-game winning season. He had a 9. And Homer Smith helped him out a lot. And he was an offensive genius back then because we wouldn't have gone 10-2. In 1989, we didn't have Homer Smith. I mean, Jerry Hollinsworth was a tall, lanky kid. He was more of a baseball player than a football player. And God love him. If he got in the gym, he couldn't run. So, then we go back to Coach Stalin. We all love Coach Stalin, but I'm going to get in trouble for saying When Hootie Ingram hired him, everybody went, what? He got fired by the Phoenix Cardinal at the time he was fine at mm. A&M. His only success was being with Coach Bryant and Coach Landry as assistant coach. Well, it got hot and heavy starting the 90 season when we went 0-3. But they saved it, went 7-5, and and he got a good recruiting class. And two years later, we beat the mighty, mighty Miami, Miami Hurricanes. We didn't have a prayer on that field in New Orleans. Miami was so far superior than us, and we won. Well, I think Nick Sheridan will have the place that he never had before. And I think sometime when you get the job, it elevates your game to do better. That's what I'm hoping for. We might fall flat on our face. Like I'm probably telling the show yesterday on Ron Fowler. Probably got the fan base upset. And we go eight and four, eight and five, and nine and four. All right, it's a learning curve. In two years from now, we win a national championship. The bad medicine we take today will be worth the sugar we take from two years from now, or three, whatever. You know. It's a process and you gotta have some bad moments. And you gotta have growing pain. And you gotta have disappointment. That's life. And that's the
3: same thing. Well, you grow from those moments, right? It's in the valley. It's in the valley where you gain the most experience and toughness and confidence is when you do go through a difficult time. I mean, I think it's it's really (laughs) hard to, you know, sit here and go, hey, we're going to keep being the same without the goat. Because I think when you say that, you're almost lessening his importance, that makes sense. I think you take away from what he really meant to this program. I mean, DeBoer it could be a wonderful coach, but to think that nothing's going to change, to think that, to me, is ludicrous, because it is going to change. Everything's going to change, and it won't be the same, but not saying he can't do it, but I'm just saying, the first year to me, what Coach Sabin has done this past season was his best coaching job, I think, maybe since he's been here to get this team to the playoffs. Pretty freaking crazy. So it's a lot. It's a lot on the coach. But again, as I said, I give him props because many guys are not tell want this job. I mean, who wants to follow that?
6: No, and that's why I think he'll be successful. We might not have it. I went ten and two because you know, everybody be I don't like putting expectation on team like we said yesterday or so, maybe it was on this show or the girl through a no-hitter Thursday night, oh, she's the next Montana foul. Don't ditch Montana foul, and don't put pressure on the new girl. Let her be herself. Let this team develop into the team it's supposed to be for 24. That's all I'm saying. I mean, do I wanna go 15 or 0? I wanna see number 19 hoist up? You bet you. I wanna see it bad, I can taste it. But you know, you got to pat down expectations a little bit. Don't give up on it, I'm saying, and don't keep your eye on the prize, but you know, this is a big change of people. Like I told people, I said, this wasn't as bad as what happened to us when Mike Price and the death with Coach Fry in a month. Ray Perkins had a mess. It's mm. nothing like this, people. And
2: and when Mike Price did his little stupid thing, nobody at the top <laughs> even wanted to be a
6: head coach or assistant coach out here, and they didn't even want to play for the University of Alabama back there. It was
3: a nightmare on on steroids. And if I asked you to take all the crimson glasses off, and we would have said, this would be your staff replacing Nick Saban with Nick Sheridan as your offensive coordinator. No grub, no offensive line coach, could you be confident?
6: I have less confidence as the office of line coach. I think there's people who know this system and there's many time like I made the comment yesterday on Ryan saying, you know, I was for a I, I mean, you know, Chris, did you hear that? Chris, did
4: you hear that? I, I mean, I never said there was nothing wrong with that. We are you talking about, Christian? Did you hear that? I said, the problem with you was you just wouldn't let it time go. said he was for Lane Kiffin. I, was, I don't know if you knew that. I told you I wouldn't have had a problem with somebody like Lane Kiffin because I thought, honestly, bringing somebody in that had ties, you know, to the program here or just... Was you know very familiar with Coach Saban's system. I I thought in terms of the transition that would have been. So I, I never said that was a bad idea. I just said I didn't think it would happen. Right. And it did. I just happen. didn't know if
3: you knew Tommy. Tommy was on the same train with me. No, Go ahead, no, Tommy, I Tommy.
4: And I respect Tommy because Tommy's transparent. He keeps it real. That's why I, okay. I like Tommy.
3: Yeah.
6: Well, I mean, like I said, I like him because you know for that. But like what AJ McCarron said. Oh, I would love to be an analyst. I right. AJ got picked up. I'm like. Well, why can't he pick a former Alabama quarterback who wanted to get coaches like AJ and get him as an analyst? I know he's still on the roster in the NFL and he wants to play another year. I wish him all the best.
4: The problem, though, Tommy, is now that it's Coach DeBoer's system, things are so different. I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's as much significance of having a former guy that played under Coach Saban there as much just because it's not, they didn't hire a guy who has Coach Saban's system or the same type of philosophy, if that makes sense. And I'm saying that just because I know a couple guys that are former players that are up there, and they're actually kind of adapting to this kind of new system that is Coach DeBoer's. Things are a lot different. Hell, I'm here, and they're supposed to practice in the mornings. I mean things are when I tell you like things are so much different, uh it, it's 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 just a lot different than the way Coach Saban did and that's fine. It's just it's gonna take some adjustment to you know
6: No, I do. just you know, I just like he he said he wasn't getting coaching. Well, teach get him out of an analyst, like Saban used to give people an analysts or coaches who got fired or got in trouble. Give him an analyst job, teach him your philosophy in mm-hmm. your system. Because right. if you're successful, we're not gonna keep coaches. You know, have somebody in the wing. You know, <clears> this <throat> is a this is a moment to build a foundation for boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know,
3: that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I would be mad at all if if they did that because I mean, you want to 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 build your program and your former players are a big part of that and having those guys around you hear me harp on that all the time means a lot in recruiting and just you know one that hey you know what we can teach and learn the system and get them in our system one day maybe be a coach so agent mccarran for sure uh will fit fit great in that all right Tommy, we got to hit the top down with break man we surely surely appreciate you sir all right thank
6: you y'all have a good day Bye all right sir. there he goes
3: thank you Tom. tommy tommy from Romulus. We're at the top of the hour break. We'll come back. We'll continue this conversation. A little question out there for you. I am sitting there thinking about this, Bama fans. Does people fear Alabama anymore? Like, you know, like with Nick Saban and the A, there was a mystique. There was just... I don't know, man. You, I mean, I, I go to the games. I mean, you could just see it in the stands, right, when y'all would run out there and, you know, the flags and the A, Nick Saban. I mean, You can just tell people weren't so confident. There was a a fear amongst the folks that uh, Alabama was playing. So my question to you is, does people, do the people fear the A anymore like they used to? I'd love to hear what you think. 205-342-9904. Top down break. Hey, you know, everybody.
0: WTBC Tuscaloosa and W two six five CG Tuscaloosa, a Town
2: Square Media station, Tide one hundred point nine, and streaming on the Tide one hundred point nine app. From the Fox Sports studios in Los
5: Angeles. Here's Eddie
1: Garcia. Checking games a note from the NBA. Battle of two of the top teams in the West with the Timberwolves going to L.A. and knocking off the Clippers 121-100. to Minnesota now has a one-game lead on Oklahoma City. Game and a half lead on L.A. and Denver for the top spot in the Western Conference. Nuggets lose to the Bucks 112-95 to in a battle of former league MVPs. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 36 points and 18 rebounds in the win. Nikola Jokic 29 points and 12 boards in the loss. 76ers had the Cavaliers a 123-121 loss. Lost. Cleveland's nine-game winning streak is snapped. Rockets get by the Knicks 105-103. Houston threw up a desperation Hail Mary at the buzzer with the game tied. They were call for there was a foul call they were awarded three free throws they had two of them to win the game afterwards the officials admitted looking at video with a f- money back guarantee text support to 511 511 morning kick these statements have not been evaluated by the
0: fda this product is not intended to diagnose free cure or prevent any disease text fees may apply this is miller's edge on tide 100.9
3: Books here on the Talking Tuesday. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, Noah, the DJ, doing this thing. We need to get him busy though. Tie 100.9 free app for you. Download that. Some comments, thoughts, questions, so he can read them so eloquently. He's the best in all of Alabama. You can also call 205 342 There's a number for you to call in. A lot of different perspectives from Tommy and from AJ. Appreciate those guys. I thought they had great perspectives. Some people, uh, after the, um, Promotion. I don't want to say the hiring, but what we call it promotion yep. of uh, Nick Sheridan. How do you feel? That's the question. How do you feel? And then also, I want to know about the A. I mean, because I know what it came with. I know people, the anxiety that it brought other teams and people and coaches when Nick Saban rolled up on the piece, on the spot. People were fearful, right? Does, does it still exist? And I know we got the new staff. It's going to be done differently. Will people have that same feeling towards the A, um, Christian? I mean, you played there. You, you 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 donned a locker room. You wore the jersey. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that mystique still there? Excuse me. With this football team, is it or people like saying, yeah? We're rejoicing. Nick Saban is finally up out of here. We're gonna we're gonna take things back like an Auburn, like an old mess, like an LSU. You know, we're gonna dominate the SEC again. Uh, you know, maybe Kirby Smart at Georgia. Do you think that mystique is still there or is it gone? Uh,
4: hmm. Uh, hmm. The, here's here's the interesting thing about it. I, if, if we're being quite honest, I think that mystique, uh, that reputation. If you will, I think it slowly was kind of becoming less and less even the past few years uh, before Coach Saban retired. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we did, we still didn't have that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it, it was less than what it had been in years prior. And I remember we've been talking about that for the past several years. I mean, is Alabama still feared? Um, <clears throat> so with that being said... I think it's too soon to ask that question, at least with this, this new era. If we're being honest, you know, it, we kind of saw people, you know, being more and more confident when they faced Alabama. They started feeling more confident about their opportunities, right? In you know, the last few years, and then Coach Saban retired. I don't know if you saw, but there was interviews, uh, of Georgia players on you know, like a podcast or something where they were basically kind of like excited, right? You could almost, you could sense the excitement from guys. So if, if, if you can imagine, if a team like Georgia, who's arguably one of the best uh, programs in college football right now, uh, is, is excited that the goat coach Saban just retired, I feel like everybody else is probably feeling that same way. And if you hear the outside noise, which I mean we all do, we all have social media, we all you know keep you know keep up with a lot of sports stuff. A lot of fans of, of other schools have been celebrating. What they call, uh, is the demise of Alabama, whatever they want to say it is, which is clearly not, you know, it's just a new era. Uh, but a lot of people are, you know, using this opportunity to kind of laugh at, you know, Alabama. They think, you know, things are kind of going downhill, but here's the thing. I think it's just way too soon, right? I mean, you, you hire a good coach and coach DeBoer who's been successful at all those other spots. I do believe they're going to go through growing, growing pains, but I think this is still, uh, really good program. I mean, this first year, you still have 90% plus of the players that you had under Coach Saban. Uh, it's a new system on offense and defense. Offensively, I think this new system could actually be a better system of what it's been in the past few years. Um, I, I think it could kind of provide some opportunities similar to, similar to what we had been seeing with guys like Lane Kiffin and Coach Sarkeesian uh with quarterbacks like Tua and, and 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 Bryce Young, you know, I I think we could maybe have some type of uh electrifying, you know, offensive opportunities with with this new system. So that to me is a positive. Um it's defensively like we've said, I do think that's to be determined. There's just you know, there's not enough information like you said. I mean, the uh, the new coordinator he's coming from South Alabama. I know he's at Indiana. Um, but, I mean, it really was just – he was the only guy that came other than I think he brought, like, a, an analyst or something like that. The rest, I mean, they kind of – they retained Freddie Roach, a great hire. They got the coach from Buffalo. You know, again, you know, not not too much on him. You know, again, they got the guy from Wisconsin. You know, there's a lot of positive things said about him from their fan base. And, you know, his – I think he was at Cincinnati. He was a safeties coach, but some people were saying, well, he still was working with guys like Sauce Gardner. So – I think that side of the ball is to be determined, but I say all that to basically say, I don't, I don't. If we're being transparent, I don't, I don't think that that same fear factor uh, is felt. And 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 I think if if I'm a player, my goal is to embrace this this change, embrace this new era. But if I'm going to carry over one thing, we're not going to be carrying over the same schemes on offense or defense. But one thing I damn sure am going to try to carry over is that standard. And that's going to be on the guys that have been in the program, um, some of the older guys, whether it's guys like Malachi Moore, Deontay Lawson, Tyler Booker. It's on those guys, right, to to keep that tradition, right? Because uh, like when I got here in 2014, you know, a lot of the guys that were on the team, they, you know, might have played with a guy like Julio or Rolando McClain. So it was their job to pass, you know, those, Rolando, you know, Julio, those guys, they passed the torch to some of the, the the seniors that were on the team when i got here then their job was to pass it to us and our job was to pass it to the younger guys whether it was the you know the chris allen's or the you know whoever it was dylan moses right mac was it was our job to pass to those guys and it, it kept going and kept going so now i would urge if it's me i would urge the, the senior guys like malachi moore and those guys i named to say hey you know we do have a new coach we have a new you know system here but the standard's still the same, right? That standard, yeah, you know, Coach Saban kind of put that standard in motion, but it's our job to uphold that. We all know what the Alabama standard is. And I, to me, I, that, that would be my goal, right? I would trust the new staff and everything that they're bringing in. But one thing that I'm going to tell them or tell whoever these younger guys, our standard is not going to change. I don't care who who's the head coach or whatever. The standard is I mean is the do you standard. think
3: Kelly Abbott knows what that standard is? What it's I, all I, about? I, has I, someone I, told him that? Yeah, I
4: think he has an idea. I mean, I, look, he 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 coaches college football, right? I mean, he watches football. He talked about that. He's been watching Alabama for a while. I mean, every if you're involved in the college football world, you know you know who the hell Alabama is and you know what what we've established here and and what we've done, uh creating that legacy, right? And if, if I'm him, that's something that he mentioned that in his press conference he talked about wanting to you know pick the brains of former players and people that have been around here kind of what makes this place so special and i I think that's the right move because again that's that's a critical piece of what makes alabama Alabama is that standard that that people that just people just they just know what it is whether you played here, whether you're a fan of here, whether you're watching from the outside looking in right you know what that standard is when Alabama comes to play and if I'm De DeBoer, I would try to do my best to to try to to maintain that. Now he's going him, to himself; he's going to have to learn exactly what that is, and I think he does that by talking to former players, by talking to guys on his team that kind of understand what's expected. But um, is, is again, is, it's, it's going to be a little bit different, whether you're talking about from a schematic standpoint or just uh, just a culture standpoint in general. It's going to be different. You got a, a new guy in charge, but. I think if they can uphold the standard, and that's just going out there, playing fast, physical, relentless, right, making people quit, right? From my understanding, they're keeping the fourth quarter program. That was an integral part of the standard, right? Because that's really where it started. It was built in the off season, in those those workouts, right? When when you want to quit, when you want to tap out, and you keep on going, right? You, you have that, that changed, mental stuff though, though
3: too. I mean, when Scott Cochran left, that left, in my opinion.
4: Right? No, I mean, look, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily least, excuse me necessarily say it left, but it, it kind of shifted a little bit. I mean, because the, the new staff they they maintained fourth quarter, but they also kind of implemented some of their stuff, which is fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, things just look different. I mean, I'll be honest, and I'm gonna be biased because I played here during that era, during that time with Coach Cochran, and, and you know, whether it was even like the assistants that were on staff, like that, that standard was really, you know, they, it was, it was, you know, it was at its, I wouldn't say, I mean, it was at its peak the whole time Coach Saban was here, but you know what I mean? Like, I was here from 14 to 18, so I got here because I, so I pretty much was right in like the meat of it. I played with guys that had played, you know, from 10, 11, 12, 13 those years, and also played with some of the younger, new era guys. So my class, that 2014 class, I was right in the middle of it. So, yeah, it was a little bit different um after Coach Cochran left. But, again, everything evolves and everything adapts. We still had success even after Coach Cochran left. I mean, it, again, but we still kind of had the foundation. You know what I'm saying? Like, things didn't change too much. And that's why I'm having a hard <clears throat> a hard not hard time, but that's why it's going to take time for me to adjust to all these changes because – We've seen small changes, right? But one thing was still, you know, stable and that was, you know, Coach Saban was there. So nothing changed too much, right? Like people were complaining about like the, the you know, when Coach Cochran left, but Coach Coach Saban was still here. You know, there were some changes, but it still was what it was, right? The foundation was there, you know,
3: right. Right. Left, But you can't but you, you can't left. replace a coach, yeah. You know what I mean? It just hits yeah, no, he he had all the, all about the time him. that he had with y'all, and, and you know this time of the year, right, where where guys are with the strength coaches now. They're not with position coaches; they're with the strength coaches. And how he has so much uh to do with developing these young men and and, and the mindset of toughness, right? Right. And I thought I thought that Alabama lost that edge. I mean, because that was making people quit that. That's why I asked this question about killing the board because everybody, you know, that we hear across the board we want to talk about how nice of a guy he is how nice of a guy everybody is on this side I mean they got the best elite coaching staff and good guys but still to me Alabama is is about toughness bro they're about they nice guys (laughs) <laughs> mean? This, to Boy, me, Alabama I mean, says about there's a level of toughness and desire and craziness that Coach Yev brought. I feel like that has gone from the program. And now you got Coach Yev and Nick Saban gone. It is going to be new. and That's what I'm Boy. saying. That's why I think that the whole people saying this stuff, but it's going to look so much different. Nice guys, but but will they still have that toughness, that, that physicality? pounding the football.
4: Well, he said, I mean, that's one thing he said. I mean, physicality is is, is crucial, right? He said it's going to be vital to, to their program, what they want to do. So we'll, we'll see if that's the case. But, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think it's, not, it's nothing wrong with having a different coaching style. I think more so, I mean, what I picked up from what he was talking about was, you know, he establishes a culture within his team that's like a, uh, you know, unbreakable bond, right? That brotherhood aspect where guys, you know, are proud as hell and, and have a sense of pride of going out and playing for the guy next to him. So, I mean, that, that, that is an aspect of kind of what our standard was. And, and, you know, that, that, that was a large piece of it. You know, when we, before NIL and some of this other stuff, we were a lot, you know, we were, we were way more selfless, right? And, and there's a lot less selfishness, you know, than there is now. Guys really were going out there and playing for one another. One about how much you're getting paid. And it sounds like Coach DeBoer tries to lead his team in the direction of playing for one another and establishing that that tight-knit brotherhood. So that, that is something I'm excited about, and I, I like that I heard that from him. But um, we've got to hit the quick timeout going over a little bit for this segment. I want to remind you about our good friends over at Off-Road Performance Direct. If you're in any need of any lift kits, level kits, wheels, tires, all that good stuff. Head on over to Off-Road Performance Direct right here in Northport, Alabama. They've got the ultimate selection of wheels, tires, and accessories for Jeeps, trucks, SUVs, all that good stuff. So contact my good friend Michael over at Off-Road Performance Direct in Northport. They'll take great care of you again. That's Off-Road Performance Direct, 4751 Lake Sherwood Lane, and that's 205-310-1823. Contact Michael for all your off-road performance needs at Off-Road Performance Direct. We'll be right back after a quick timeout.
5: It's away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Birmingham Racecourse Casino, off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Must be 21 or older.
0: Weekday mornings at 6 a.m., the Martin Houston Show.
4: Join us for a Wednesday edition of the Martin Houston Show. It's a hump day edition.
1: We're going to look at Wendell Hudson and Calvin Culver as our black trailblazers in Alabama athletics. We'll also
4: look at who has emerged as the top OC candidate under Coach DeBoer in his search. We'll also take a peek into baseball and Coach Vaughn rolling out a new tradition. We'll have those conversations and more right here on the Martin Houston Show. Powered by Max Sports on Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC.
0: Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9.
5: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a sunny sky, the high in the mid-50s around 55, clear tonight below 34. And we stay dry tomorrow and Thursday, lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow 63, the high Thursday 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9.
3: Bob was that Rolling Stone. Welcome back to the Middle's Edge on the Tide, 100.9, 12:30 AMW TBC. Chris, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with the basketball in the SEC, man. It's getting uh, about seven more games left uh, to be played in Alabama right now since that number one in the SEC. Tied with South Carolina, but they own the tiebreaker over the Gamecocks. But a lot of the key losses this weekend Tennessee lost, uh, I believe to Texas A&M. Florida beat Auburn. So some things happen to help Alabama going forward. When you look at this basketball team, you know, they got a tough seven games. I mean, they, these are not going to be. There's no cupcakes left on the schedule. Um And they' seven to go. Will Alabama, uh, you, I mean, four at home, I think three on the road, I believe, it without looking at it, I think I'm saying that right. How do you foresee this basketball team? We talked about the, the lack of defense. We know that they can score. We know that they can put the ball in the hoop. That's not a problem. We know that they can shoot the three-point shot. But going forward, how do you see Nate Oates? and this basketball team moving forward because they're going to have some opportunity. I know South Carolina plays at Auburn. That's going to be a tough game for the Gamecocks, so they might get some room there. Um, how do you see this thing playing out for the Tide? Because, I mean, they've also done a very nice job with this basketball team, but, man, the defense so much to be desired for this basketball team. But. How will they close, in your opinion? Can you see them getting better? Can you see them just going to keep the same deal up? Let's go try to outscore everybody that we play. How do you see this basketball team? Well, first thing I, I plan on seeing from them is these new uniforms.
4: I don't know if you saw those, but they released. I did. Uh, yeah, they, they came out with some new uniforms, kind of like that old school look. At least the, the lettering looks old school, in my opinion. Then they've got the, the classic A logo, like the big A with like the elephant uh, that everybody loves. Um, so, that's the first thing we'll see from them but in, in terms of uh kind of what to expect man I, it's just tough man because you look like, looking at basketball college basketball I mean it's so up and down I mean anybody can lose on any given given night right and um yeah I, I just it's, it's tough to say right I mean we fall to a uh Tennessee team get blown out there then we come back I mean hell we blew South carolina out seventy four forty seven now they're on a run and then I'm, I'm assuming we're still tied for first in the SEC with them, and um, still some some pretty big games left. So I'll be honest, uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm pretty sure we're a lock for the tournament, which is great. And you know, in basketball, you got the SEC tournament, so that, that's something to look forward to. Then, but I think the biggest thing, like you said, is just cleaning up. You know, defense, rebound, stuff like that. Shooting, they've been they've been doing really well. They've been shooting the ball really nice. Um and I I like I like what I've seen out of you know Mark Sears right so right I mean Grant Nelson again hadn't necessarily been what we thought he would be when he was coming here um but he's he's done some nice things here and there and he he plays hard right so I like the guys I I definitely think that you know there's room for improvement in several areas I mean Coach Oates doesn't shy away from saying that stuff in his press conferences um but I, I think it's really just a testament uh to coach Oates, right, in his coaching ability because think about it. I mean, I, I talked about this last week, but just to, you know, reiterate, I mean the guy lost several key assistants that he's had with them uh for quite some time. He replaced them. I mean, the roster was arguably pretty much empty at the end of last season, at least that's what it looked like. I remember there was barely any scholarship guys on the roster online and now here he is, he recruits some guys, brings some guys in. You know, he was unsure of what he had. He was very vocal about that. Didn't know what this team would be and you know, look, they're tied uh, for top in the SEC right now. So um, I, I, I've I got faith that Coach Oates is going to do a phenomenal job finishing out the year. Um, can I predict exactly what's going to happen? No. Um, but if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet on a guy like Coach Oates just because uh, what I've seen from him. And, again, I, I just love his style. You know, he's tough. He's hard-nosed. That blue-collar mentality. Uh, it's fun to watch, fast-paced. Again, they've been shooting the ball nice. Um, so I, I, I'm expecting big things uh from them. No, I think we have a app message if you want to get to that, put you to work. I don't think you've been working too much today.
1: <laughs> nah I, I need to I need to do a little more. No, yeah sir. we've got we've got an app message. Oh no not yet. Not yet. Uh we've got an app message from uh CJ. Uh he says hey I'm not a Bama fan but I very much enjoy the show. Uh as as an LSU fan I never feared Bama but I had a great respect for Sabin. I felt we matched Bama talent but most of the games we lacked coaching like Miles and Coach O. Uh Christian, he's asking you to explain what you would have liked to see seen from the Bama defense in 2019 versus Joe Burrow. Uh,
4: so the thing was, I'll be honest with you, I went on the team in 2019. I was in the league, and if I'm being transparent with you, um, I, don't, I don't really remember exactly how that game went. I know we lost. I think we lost – at home. Well, you yeah.
3: that lost. They don't think you lost. Joe Burrow was a good Well, amazing. I'm sorry. For
4: Forgive me for now. Look, I'll be honest, man. Like, uh, I'm obviously a, a Alabama fan. I played here. I believe Crimson, but I'm not like a super fan to the point where I remember every detail of every game. Hell, it's hard for me to remember games that I played in. <laughs> but, um, I'll have, look, CJ, that's an that's interesting uh, perspective. I appreciate you saying that, you know, about the LSU thing. Um, but I'll be honest. I, mean, I know the
3: answer to that question. They should have been better at rushing the passer.
4: because there you go. Gilberto, See, you got a better memory than like, me. Like, shredded them like
3: I watched the game and I was in tune because that was a phenomenal, phenomenal football game. You Gilberto made it seem like we, it, wasn't it close though? No. No, I mean, it was close. Yeah. It was definitely a full quarter game. But you were but, saying it was like an offensive of back it, I mean, and forth. Mean, yeah, you know, LSU's offense was, with, with Broadway Joe was fantastic. I mean, those receivers, think about what they're doing right now in the pros. I mean, he had all of them do that wide receiver. And to boot, they had a nice running game to go along with. I mean, that's the year, 2019 was the year they matched Alabama all the way around. I right. mean, all the way around. And this is the year that they, uh, took care of Clemson in the national championship game, blew him out. Um, but that was a good football team. But Alabama could not get off the field. I, I remember third downs was a problem. You know, Joe kept making plays, even just by extending the plays with his legs. CJ, I mean, the dude was phenomenal. I mean, he was phenomenal. I mean, you look at those wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, Chase, Jamar Chase, and uh, oh uh, man, Cincinnati. they they
4: might have had one of the most talented teams. I, I remember that oh, team. Oh, unbelievable! And to be fair, look in my defense, I just I just remember this. So that game. Uh, we were in meetings that night. I remember this. We were, we almost got in trouble because a, a lot of guys were trying to, uh, we were, we needed to get in a defensive meeting, uh, the night before we played and we were still trying to, uh, like watch the TV before we had to get into the meeting. So I don't even think I really got to watch the actual game like that now that I remember. Cause, you know, obviously Saturday nights, you know, we play Sundays and the NFL you play on Sundays. So Saturday night, you're in the hotel. So we were meeting before that, that's what it was. So CJ, I'm sorry. I, honestly, I don't, I don't have too much details. I just know we took I it. I
3: mean, out. I was, that, that game was at Alabama. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a rock and type of, type of football game, but that's one of the best teams I've seen that LSU has had. I mean, the year they came in, you remember the, the years that they came in and they were physical, Leonard Fournette running the football and Alabama just diminished. That running game won the battle nothing. in the trenches. I mean, defensively, Alabama was. That's what I'm talking about. That standard. The Alabama used to have that 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 mystique, man, that moxie. Whereas now that they've like that, you heard me say on our show the last year. I mean, the last two years, the defense of Alabama hasn't been the same. I mean, they don't have guys out there that that. You know, Reuben Foss is of the world that puts fear in the people, right? That, that Marlon Humphrey coming up playing cover two and coming up being, and taking care of the run force and getting guys on the ground. I mean, we see more chasing and more arm tackling and all of this stuff now. And, they, and a lot of it is the game. They don't let you tackle no more. You can't even practice freaking tackling. You got to tackle a dummy. Well, a dummy don't make you mess. The dummy, the dummy gonna spin. The dummy's not gonna knock your hands off of him. I mean, we practicing tackling. I mean, so you just don't see the game. That's why I'm saying that it's changing. It's changing in Tuscaloosa. It's changing in LSU. It's changing in the SEC. I mean, because I don't know if there's a team right now that we can say, you know what, physical, that's physical. Morning, Georgia would be the only one that I would stand up and feel confident in saying they're the most physical team in the SEC. And Alabama has a problem. We've been talking about it for the whole show. Their problem is up front. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the trenches right now, folks, look at your offensive line. Look at the last two years of your offensive line. Look at the last two years of your defensive line. In my opinion, Alabama wasn't the top 16 in the trenches, in the in the conference. That's where you gotta win and that's where Caleb, Caleb the has to get better. Because Right now, we have a ton of question marks because you know, you lose that OC, you lose the offensive line coach that we had so much hope that was going to change this offense, they're gone. So, we got a lot, man. It's a lot of questions to be answered, and, you know, it's good to be optimistic. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. Quick timeout, 205-342-9904. It's the edge. It's Tuesday. It's a talking Tuesday. We're on the tie, 100.920, 30 a.m. WTBC.
0: Access to leading edge technology to match your forward thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's Dell.com slash deals. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9.
3: 37 this is the time on the clock here on a talking Tuesday. CJ was asking a question about Joe Burrow in 2019. I went back and kind of looking at some of these stats. I mean, Joe Burrow passed for 393 yards and three touchdowns. They were number two at the time. Alabama was number three. That game ended up being 46 41. So it was a close game to a Tonguevaloa. Had a, a really nice game. Um... I no, mean, he was 21 to
4: 40, but he did have four touchdowns. At a I, I was about to say, I was looking at the box score, too. And, uh yeah, when you got Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Two two for more
3: <laughs> yards, for 18. Four.
4: Yeah, no, no, but I was saying, but he was, I mean, just just over 50% of his pass.
3: 72, keep me arm, I and mean, to play great, too. I mean, Joe Brown. At you would, you would call 52% on your completions great? It, it, 72%. No,
4: no, he had a seventy-two QBR. He was twenty-one of forty. That's just over fifty percent. I wouldn't but call I'll that. I'll take four touchdowns. Qu- I'll, that, I'll that, take,
3: that's solid, but I wouldn't call that. Great. I'll take four touchdowns to one interception any day.
4: Yeah, no, hundred. No, 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 I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying, like, uh, if you'd really like, dive into him, I mean, twenty-one of forty is a little.
3: I mean, Devonte Smith has. <laughs> he's crazy. Two hundred thirteen yards. There. Yeah, he seven, seven catches and, and Najee had nineteen carries for buck forty six. So see, but I that's mean, what
4: I'm saying. That's how. So now, now take that into consideration. Seven for two hundred thirteen, but he was twenty one to forty. So he might have missed. A, these... He might have missed a lot of balls, but then hit on some of those home runs right.
3: with, with Smitty. But, the
4: but the all I was saying Justin
3: Jefferson. I mean, come on now, then. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Yeah, right. Kansas City, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, yeah. Justin Jefferson. I mean, they did have Thaddeus Moss at tight end. I mean, these dudes had some balls. They made some it. really Patrick big plays. Patrick Queen, at linebacker. I mean, <laughs> yep. this was like a rock star of college football that game. I mean, they had dudes everywhere on that field. You might imagine how many NFL scouts was probably at that game, 46-41. I talked about the pressure. Um, I was trying to look at some defensive stats. Um, there we go. Let's see, LSU was 8 of 15, third down, Alabama 6 of 15, uh, the total yards, 559 for LSU, 541 for Alabama. I mean, these boys, 166 rushing for LSU, they rushed Alabama in that game to 123. Um so, they couldn't. Neither team could run the football. I mean, uh, not at a good well, four point two for us, not bad. No, they did that's run good. That, yeah. That's pretty good. I'm looking at something else. Well, but, the, other,
4: um, the other, other thing he said was that that was interesting. And uh, sorry again, so I'm sorry, I wish I had more details on that game. I just I was in the meeting that night in the hotel because so I was I wasn't here. I was with the Panthers. But um, other thing I say to your point, you said you were y'all as an LSU fan. Y'all respect are you respect us, but y'all never feared us. Which I mean, I which, I think that makes sense. I mean, well, they had lost be... like
3: eight eight or nine games in the road, Alabama, until that victory. By the way, yeah, that no, we definitely had been on a run, yeah. but
4: but but in, and I, the year before my senior year, we laid a goose egg on them in Baton Rouge. So and and I'll be honest, when we got there, I mean, the stadium was rocking, the players were ready, they had all this. Like, did they? Did they really fear us at that point? Not necessarily, but I think they knew in the back of their head that man, hell. Still, Alabama, though they're they gonna they're gonna probably find a way. You
3: know what I'm saying? So they I, come out confident until y'all start balling, then and then take They then one one power thing, one good play, and they, they 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 start losing that momentum, it. right? That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Southern Cal and Dallas when I remember them dude standing in the end zone, oh i like they're walking the dog and crawling oh, out the tunnel just, and they came out and they got just totally embarrassed
4: so that's why I, I, I get that point like so, like maybe not the programs like that they might not necessarily I wouldn't maybe call it fear you know what I mean because you gotta think you look at that roster LSU in 2019 I mean them. they had some some dudes right I wouldn't yeah, that doesn't surprise If they, they didn't use the word fear, but I know damn well they respected us, and they 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 circled. Everybody's always going to circle that a on the counter, whether whether they fear us or not. But I do think going back to your original point, that that kind of slowly kind of shifted, and it almost became like I'll, I'll be honest, it almost seemed like it, it like did a one eighty where it almost was like the the Raptors got the gun. It almost felt like teams started, you know what I mean getting a little excited to play us because they're like, man, this is our chance. We can kind of capitalize on Alabama. Like that, That's what, it almost kind of started to feel like that uh, at times. Uh But, you know, and I'm sure they're probably thinking that now, like I said, hearing that on that podcast, but it is what it is. We, you got to go out and actually do it. I, I still don't. I, I think it's a reach if you think, if people on the outside, if you really think it's like, oh, everything's crumbling, then you, you just don't know football, right? I, I think realistically, if you want to say if you want to label us more on that tier two, kind of like that conversation last week, and when I say tier two, I'm talking about like ten and two tier two, like the old Misses, you know, that realm, right? Of tier two, and then you got a 12 team playoff. I think that's fair if if, if if you have that perspective right now. That's being transparent. That's just calling it how you see it. But if you think for a second that all of a sudden just because Coach Saban left, when you still have a roster like we have, you still have guys. Yeah, were coached up by coach Saban. I understand how things work. You hire a coach uh like coach DeBoer who in my opinion I think is 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 a is a nice uh follow up, right? We'll have to see how some of the assistants end up playing out, but um no, I think you're silly if you if you think it's anything less than than that tier 2 range.
3: Well, yeah, tier 2 for sure, but I think even with tier 2 in my opinion, you got a lot of guys, you've got a lot of new guys Defensively with Coach Womack, and you know the swarm effect and everything. I I get all of that, but we just—they have so many unanswered questions, right? Right. And you can sit here and take the optimistic fan, of course, and say, "Hey, it's going to be great, and everything's going to be cool." We're Alabama. I mean, you know, we. And you can give me all kind of what Coach So and So did in years past. None of that means a freaking hell of beans. (laughs) <laughs> what well, what's gonna what's gonna matter is like what are these guys gonna do? Right. Right? I mean it's just I'm just saying, it's like I I personally I'm just saying for me, I don't know I don't know enough, I don't have enough, even with Kalen the boy. Me personally, my own thoughts, not yours, not Middle's edge is Corey. Corey don't think he's seen enough on the resume. I get the Pac-12. Y'all know how I feel about the NAI. I'm not buying that. I don't care what you try to tell me. That's just my rightful opinion. But let me ask you. This, so let me ask you this: So what, what if it was Caleb Devore,
4: but then his his two coordinators say he had he say he had retained T. Rob as defensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. And then say his offensive coordinator was in fact Grub, um, or or I'll even give you this, maybe, or maybe like Levy or somebody. I'm not going to say Sarker Lane, they're the head coach now, but another prominent offensive coordinator. Would you be a little more bought in? Yeah, I would feel much better. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, I mean,
3: I, I'm on record as saying that I felt better about the offense before those guys decided to out the 5,000. No, yeah, I, I think you know, the know, offense I, definitely I, was an upgrade for sure. I said that the you know, the line, I was like, you know, this Joe Moore... Award-winning offensive line coach. You got an offensive guy that gets it. He's a developer of the quarterback position. I was like, I can see the offense being an upgrade because I wasn't sold on the offense of Tommy Reese. I wasn't sold on. I think Alabama underperformed as an offense last year. I agree. So I thought, you know, with the mindset of Caleb DeBoer and, and 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 Coach Grubb, that the offense could be times better. And I, I think you know you got better athletes here than at Washington. So I was like okay I can feel that I can buy that mm-hmm. but I was never I'm not sold on the defense but so that was my biggest question mark right that's what I've always said but now you lose two main cards of your offense I mean forget the tight ends coach tight ends coach is one of the lowest paid jobs there is one of the least respected jobs coach let's be honest. I mean, no, no, and, and your, what the, you're
4: saying is typically the tight ends coaches like they'll take a guy who's never coached tight ends, but to, to get him on the matter. staff, they put them. It doesn't really, yeah. No, right.
3: I, are you, I'm just explaining right. to That's people listening so they might not understand what you're saying right, because that's what they do at the tight end position. Right. That's why Justin Stepp here at South Carolina, when Shane Beamer had the guy from Texas A&M to the receiver spot and then put him at tight end, he, well, he left him with the Illinois. Because, I mean, it's kind of just a, it's not a really respected position. I mean, like you take a new guy, a former player, if you will, and so make him a tight end coach, right? And then you're just going to help out in all kinds of areas. But my point is, but now you lose your offensive line coach. You lose your offensive coordinator. I don't care whose offense it is. I ain't feeling it. I'm just going to tell you. I don't. Nick Sheridan, I I just, I think there's reason to be concerned. really is. I mean, and I don't, that's just my opinion. And listen, I'm going to say it loudly for those in the back of the church. I hope that I'm wrong. I'd love to see them do great. But I think
4: think it just uh, signals that Coach DeBoer is going to be a lot more involved than he probably originally was. Yeah. But well, but but to, to, but to end, you know <laughs> I, no you, I think you right, but think be. about it like, I mean this is his this is his reputation and his opportunity right like I mean we all know if they don't have success I mean it, it, he's the one that's going to fall I'm back on say, right I'm to six. Doubt. And six seven and five? Yeah, no, no, he he understands it. But here's the thing, because some Your people are like, not going to be that long.
3: I here.
4: think some people are saying, oh, but he always calls it. I, he wasn't calling it when Grubb was in command. I, 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 maybe before that, but when, when Grubb had been working with him, it, it's been Grubb calling it. But I think this kind of signifies him having to you know, go back to kind of being heavily involved, which is fine. Again, people do that. People, a lot of people do that. So we'll, we'll see. But that just means it's more on his plate, though. And I, I'll be honest with you, with the significance that this head coach position has, I don't know if I, I feel great about that, giving him more uh, responsibilities, because I, I, I know as, as being the head coach of Alabama, it's a lot, it's a lot more than just being a football coach. Uh, but I think he, he look. I think he'll figure it out. But I just know that his role has increased. There's no doubt about it. Let's take a quick timeout. We got more callers calling in. We're gonna let you guys close out the show. Again, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's arch support experts. If you're any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain. Get those premium art supports. What are you waiting for is try before you buy. Head on over to Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa to the Good Feet store. Holler at Douglas and his team. Or you can always go to goodfeet.com to find the nearest location to you and schedule an appointment. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives. Two feet at a time. Take a quick timeout and be right back. You're listening to The Miller's Edge on time, 100.9, 1230 AMW best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Off I-459,
5: exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a sunny sky, the high in the mid-50s, around 55. Clear tonight below 34. And we stay dry tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow, 63. The high Thursday, 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC thirty three forty Weather Center on Tide Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide
3: 100.9. Same with here on Talking Tuesday. It's been a great show. Let's continue keeping it great. And uh, we invite a man, Leon. Leon, you're up next to Miller's Edge. Uh-oh. Might, might have lost Leon for a second,
4: but Leon, if you want to call back, circle back, you got a few minutes to do so again. 205-342-9904 is the number. Uh, while we wait and see if that happens, I wanted to bring this up. I sent it to you. I don't know if you saw it yet, but, uh, news, I guess breaking news, ESPN and the college football playoff have reached a six year, 7.8 billion, with a B, not million, billion dollar media rights extension for the expanded college football playoffs. <laughs> I mean, guys. Wait, fake news? Is that not real? (laughs) I don't know. I was just kidding. Oh well, I was like, dang. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just saw it on. Twitter. I mean, you tweeted it. I mean, you didn't. well, then why were well, you, you? Why you? Why you making me second guess? I saw it on, on Twitter. I'm like, make sure you check your sources because I, I ain't blowing up on Twitter oh, on I okay. I don't see it on X. Okay. Well, it might not be real then. I don't know. I'm just rushing trying to find stuff. I, it was on three sports. I mean, it, I thought it was legit and the athletics. so it is real. Don't try to do me like that. You're the one that I always got to make sure you. Because look, you and the older generation, y'all just see things pop. Up on Facebook and believe anything you see. Y'all, now y'all, 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 y'all think Facebook y'all are going to pair for AirPods for two dollars and it's a scam. Okay, so <laughs> that, that, okay, so that that's that's that. But we got a few minutes left. But real quick though, cause since I think Leon, I don't know if he's going to have time, but six years, seven point eight billion dollars. For the media, you know, right? No, I understand that somebody else has. No, that it, it is, it's, it's on three, and they're verified. So don't, don't try to make me look like an idiot. Yeah, That's you right. Can but
3: pay to be verified. Hey, no,
4: no, 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 no. This is a gold verification. This is actually verified. This is not paying to be. This is official. But let me, let me, let me ask you this though: it, it's billion dollars, right? S- several billion dollars, right? Yeah. Can we not figure out a way just to let that money be used to pay these players and stop demanding money from from uh the fans and all trying to get former players? Because I'll be honest, man, I, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to name any names, but I'm seeing guys that literally just uh, that aren't even enrolled yet, right? And and they, they just went and spent thousands of dollars. And I'm not pocket watching. They just spent thousands of dollars on clothes 1.3 and shoes. One point three a year. One point three billion per year. Per year. But I'm just saying clothes and shoes, yeah. and I'm like. Y'all want me to pay money so kids can go buy chains and shoes? And I'm right. so like, like, don't ask the, like, <laughs> come on, don't get me started on that. Let let these media rights pay for that kind of stuff. I, I'll, I'll happily donate if it's going to some good cause and it or something, you know what I'm saying? But if just, kids are just yeah, going to be getting yeah, the money. Yeah, no,
3: no hell no. Man, I
4: ain't really donating my money mm. just so somebody can go buy a chain or some shoes. Man, no, hell no. So the, let, let this, I'm not hating. You know, let me add, so you, so you got like three chains around your neck. Listen, that I work my, my tail off and they're, they're not no diamond flooded chains. And I, like I said, I, there's nothing wrong with having a gold chain. Yeah. You know, I, I work hard and look, and here's the thing though, gold technically can, can be considered an asset because it, uh, it, it, it appreciates, right? All, right? all right. Right. I'm not buying an old, uh, busted down Rolex that don't have no <laughs> box or papers that the jeweler just hit you over the head for. See, I'm not buying that. Listen, a, man, they, these kids earn a
3: scholarship. They can do what they want to. No, they No, 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 no. They can
4: with the. They know they're they're entitled to do whatever they want with it. But I'm telling you right now, personally, I'm not donating thousands of dollars just somebody go buy some rims and stuff. I'm I'm not
3: doing that. Just personally. Now, if you need some money to go
4: eat or to support your family, do hey, hit me up. But 1.3
3: billion a year. That's a proposed deal. Uh, Again, uh, all the uh, it's not laid out yet, but a lot of people are reporting the Athletic and many others. Uh, the ESPN and the College Football Playoffs are in an agreement, uh, six-year deal worth seven point eight billion dollars. They,
4: the players need to get money billion. from that. B- b- they can b- go b- buy b- all b- the billion. chains and and cars. All that's that should they should cut some that and pay the players, and then stop making the fans pay all this damn money. Billion dollars? That's crazy. And then, come on now. But now can't go no. to play. They, they're nah. going to keep
3: all the money and then they're going to take This fans, need fan. I need you to pay hey, 29 crazy, for the subscription yeah. to read about where somebody else is going to play or practice or what. Yeah. Come on, nah, here, That's right. crazy. Right. Let yeah.
4: me stop. Ask them uh, for that. <laughs> I ain't. <yeah>. <laughs> nah. I ain't. <laughs> all
3: right. We got to get up out of here. Make way for Ron Fowler. I'm sure he'll get you up to speed on the coaching situation. He's been on that already so check it out. Keep it locked on tie one hundred point nine twelve thirty 1230 AM WTBC. This is Miller's Edge. Christian Miller. For Noah, I'm Corey Miller, Pastor of Payne. Coming up next, Fowler. Get in the game. We'll holler tomorrow.